a Saturday morning in June 1996. At his townhouse in the Bay Area, Pierre Omidyar is just getting his day started. Omidyar is a young Iranian-American computer programmer with a ponytail and a laid-back hippie vibe. He lives in San Jose, California, right there on the fringes of Silicon Valley's beating heart. A few months earlier, he started a website called Auction Web, and it's going strong. It's a basic website where people can buy and sell items from one another. Looking for a Superman lunchbox or a used laser pointer? Well, go to Auction Web and make a bid. All the site asks for is a small donation when something sells. Over the last several months, contributions from customers have been trickling into Omidyar through the mail. In his first month, appealing for help, he even took in enough cash to cover his $250 hosting fee. Omidyar realizes he forgot to check the mail last night. It's been a few days, actually. Time to get it over with. He looks down and... Oh my God! There on his porch is a mailbag brimming with envelopes bearing his name. Inside are crumpled up dollar bills and nickels, dimes, and quarters taped to index cards. And it doesn't stop. In the weeks ahead, more mailbags stuffed with money arrive at his doorstep. So many, in fact, Omidyar can't find time to open them all. By the time he finally does finish going through all the envelopes, he discovers he's taken in a whopping $10,000. And that's just for June. The message is clear. Auction web is no longer just a hobby. This thing's a business. And it's well on its way to becoming one of the most profitable startups the emerging web has ever seen. I need to find some help. Maybe you've never heard of Auction Web, but I bet you know the name Omidyar changed it to a few months later. A little auction website called eBay. If you travel for work, you know to pack two suits, business and swim. You know with your Delta Sky Miles business Amex card, buying that plane ticket for a business trip can get you closer to medallion status. You know that a meeting in Montana means visiting almost every national park. Yellowstone? Check. Because you're the chief excursion officer. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Visit go.amex slash you know business. Now, since you're a podcast listener, I'm sure you know all about how audio just does something to the imagination. So I'm really excited to tell you about how Audible's brand new exclusive thrillers are brought to life with that kind of captivating sound design, the eerie soundscapes and dynamic performances. There's one that caught my eye. I should say it caught my ear. It's an Audible original called Sleeping Dogs Lie by Samantha Downing. It details the aftermath of a local businessman's murder in Marin County, California, a once sleepy suburb now part of the bustling Silicon Valley area. And as an Audible member, well, you get to keep one title a month from their entire catalog, including bestsellers and new releases. New members can try Audible now, free for 30 days. Head on over to audible.com slash BW or text BW to 500-500. That's audible.com slash BW or text BW to 500-500 and try out Audible free for 30 days. From Wondery, I'm David Brown, and this is Business Wars.
We're beginning a new six-part series. You know, today it's hard to even imagine the world before eBay existed, right? I mean, where would you go to buy an autographed baseball or an almost new stroller? I mean, every day, every minute, millions of transactions happen seamlessly on eBay using the money transfer service PayPal. Today we're talking about the business war between eBay and PayPal. This is episode one, going once, going twice. All those packages of loose change and cashier's checks that showed up on Pierre Omidyar's doorstep, all that would portend a major challenge to the young company that was eBay. Solving it would create one of the internet economy's great symbiotic relationships. And something else, too. A massive headache for eBay as it tried to keep the upstart from riding its tailwinds. In the coming episodes, we'll be looking back at the rise of eBay and how PayPal hoped to piggyback on the digital marketplace's viral success. The battle to handle consumers' payments on the auction website would shake both companies to their core, make a slew of famous billionaires, and define e-commerce. But first, eBay would have to overcome its rocky first years. In some ways, eBay got so popular so fast it had trouble keeping up. The web was brand new and e-commerce even newer. eBay's founders weren't even sure how to process all that cash rolling in. Good problem to have, right? Uh, don't be so sure about that. It's May 1993, the dawn of the dot-com era. The World Wide Web is only a few years old, but Silicon Valley is already a buzzing hub for tech companies. It's drawn people like Pierre Omidyar, 25 years old with a shock of glossy black hair. He's working in Silicon Valley for a company making handheld communications devices, precursors to the smartphone. One evening, he's at home with his fiancée, Pamela Wesley. I've got to check something. We're in the middle of dinner. Sorry, I, I need to get that order in for the 3DO stock. That video game company? I thought they didn't have a product yet. They don't. I, I mean, not yet. But they announced their IPO today. Got to jump on it before everybody else. He logs into his Charles Schwab brokerage account to place the stock order. You've got to be kidding me. There on his screen, plain to see, the stock price has jumped by more than 50% before he's even had a chance to place his order. It's the investment bankers and the other insiders who got in at the original bargain basement price. Now, regular people like him are stuck paying a bloated premium. Omidyar grumbles to himself. There's got to be a better way. That's not how the free market's supposed to work. It gets him thinking, though. What would be better? Labor Day, 1995. Omidyar has big plans for this long weekend. No, not the beach or a barbecue. He'll be holed up at home, plugging away on a little coding project he's cooked up. It's a thought experiment, really. The whole 3DO thing annoyed him, but it gave him an idea. What's the most efficient, elegant way to assign value? An auction. In an auction, the price of a good or service is whatever the highest bidder's willing to pay. The emerging World Wide Web, he realizes, is the ideal place to hold one. It offers complete transparency and equal access, and millions of people have been flocking to it. 
Omidyar scoops up freeware from around the internet and cobbles it together into his own homemade brew of applications. By the end of the weekend, he shows what he's created to Wesley. So, what do you think? The text is kind of blocky. What about some other colors? The do-it-yourself site boasts clunky blue-black letters over a drab gray canvas. What? What? It's functional. She points up to the screen. You don't think that might put some people off? Omidyar has linked the project to his personal website, which includes an entire page devoted to one of his more eclectic fascinations, the gruesome Ebola virus. I wouldn't want to have to click past that. Pam, this is just a hobby. I'm not going to reorganize the entire site, if you say so. What are you going to call it? Auction web. Catchy, huh? He hosts his new site on ebay.com. That's short for Echo Bay, a name he plucked out of the ether for his consulting business because he liked the sound of it. He publishes his hodgepodge auction site onto the web without too many expectations. He doesn't even charge people anything to buy or sell things on it. It's the principle of the thing. Over the course of the next several weeks, Omidyar publicizes auction web on message boards, chat groups, and in the What's New sections of websites. The most fun buying and selling on the web, he boasts. He lists a quirky array of items for sale. There's a pair of autographed Marky Mark underwear, a used Superman metal lunchbox, a Nintendo Power Glove controller, and even a 1989 Toyota Tercel. Sure, some of this stuff has some value, if you like Marky Mark, but just how far can he push the envelope hawking junk? It's time for a test case. One evening after work, Omidyar's playing with his cat. A couple of weeks ago, he bought a fancy laser pointer for presentations, but mostly he's been using it to entertain his feline companion. Little guy loves to chase the red dots skittering across the floor. Suddenly, the light flickers out. The laser pointer's just gone kaput. He shakes it. What the... I just bought this thing. Putting in new batteries doesn't help. Looks like his $30 gadget's headed for the trash. Sorry, buddy. I guess it's the garbage for this thing. And unless... I wonder. He heads upstairs to his computer and logs into Auction Web. He posts a description of his faulty laser pointer with an important note. Does not work. Opening bid. Uh, $1. Let's see if anyone wants it. At first, it looks like his experiment's a bust, but then, a little over a week later, someone bids $3, then 4 then 5 By the time the two-week auction ends, that broken laser pointer that was headed straight for the trash sells for almost $15. For Omidyar, this is an epiphany. There's a buyer out there for pretty much anything. Then, five months after Auction Web's launch, he hits a snag. His hosting company complains that his site is bogging down their entire network. They raise his monthly fees to $250. Omidyar turns to his users for help raising the money, but he continues to let sellers post items for free. He only asks for a tiny slice when an item sells. But in 1995, there's no way to take payments over the Internet. You may remember back to the 1990s when the idea of plugging your credit card or bank info online felt strange. So, 
Once something is bought and sold on eBay, users exchange money offline, but it's a slow, clunky process. Buyers have to mail a cashier's check to the sellers every time they purchase an item, then wait for weeks for their packages to arrive. Omidyar believes people are basically good. He's comfortable gambling the site's future on the kindness of strangers. And it pays off. Tens of thousands of dollars start arriving monthly at his doorstep. He knows he's onto something. Omidyar quits his day job and hires an assistant. The site's traffic continues to swell up 20 to 30 percent each month. Soon, AuctionWeb's market share hits 80 percent. It's fast on its way to becoming a phenomenon. But AuctionWeb threatens to become a victim of its own success. In 1997, the site is still chugging along on Omidyar's original mishmash of code. Volume is higher than ever, but there are signs of strain. In just the first month of that year, AuctionWeb holds 200,000 online auctions. New listings sometimes don't post for a full day. When a potential buyer clicks to view an item, it can take up to a minute before the description appears. Omidyar is desperate to slow the growth. He introduces new measures, like credit approval for people with less than stellar payment histories, and he limits the number of items sellers can post in a single day. In the meantime, he hires an engineer to re-architect the entire infrastructure. He gives him a deadline of Labor Day, Auction Web's two-year anniversary. On September 1st, Auction Web finally unveils its revamped site. And it has a new name, eBay. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant sort of looks the same? Well, amidst the chaos, there is one shining star that is certainly worth your culinary affection. Home Chef has you and the entire family covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Choose from classic meal kits that can be prepped in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes. My favorite recipe is carb-conscious and calorie-smart but super satisfying. It's turkey meatball pomodoro with roasted garlic butter broccoli. Look, we've tried a lot of home delivery meals before. But Home Chef is superb, from the taste to the simplicity to the selections. And for a limited time, Home Chef is offering my listeners 18 free meals. Yes, 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life. You can find it at homechef.com BW. That's homechef.com BW for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. homechef.com BW. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. As business owners and managers, you use software for your business every day. You use one piece of software to manage your customers, another to manage your employees, another to manage your finances, and the list goes on. You buy these pieces independently and hope they fit neatly together like a puzzle. And then you find out the hard way that they don't, and you end up with a mess at the heart of your business operations. Does any of this sound familiar? Well, fortunately, Zoho offers a solution to this chaos. It's called Zoho One. Zoho One is a suite of around 50 pre-integrated business applications that fit together beautifully. So instead of dealing with disparate software from multiple vendors with multiple contracts and price points, you deal with one vendor with all the pieces of the business software puzzle neatly put together, offered at a very attractive price. 
Now, if this sounds interesting to you, you got to check out Zoho One at Zoho.one. That's Z-O-H-O dot O-N-E. With Zoho, you're not just licensing apps. You're licensing peace of mind. eBay has grown into a runaway success practically overnight, and Omidia realizes it's time to hire a CEO with a business chops to guide the company forward. But who? Finding the right fit is his top priority. eBay's office culture has a crunchy granola vibe. Omidyar sometimes wears Birkenstocks to the office and likes to pass around a bowl of candy at management meetings. Meg Whitman leads Hasbro's Play School division, which brought the world Mr. Potato Head. She sports a blonde shoulder-length bob and an honest smile. At Hasbro, she oversees 600 employees and around $600 million in annual sales but she oozes relatability and cheerful competence. But when she gets a call from a recruiter, she's never even heard of eBay. Whitman almost doesn't even take the interview. Sitting at her computer, scrolling through eBay's black and white interface, she thinks, I can't believe I'm about to fly across the country to look at a classified site. Still, when she meets Omidyar, she's impressed. It's great to meet you face-to-face, Meg. You know, eBay is all about people and building community. Uh, Tell me more about what you're trying to do here. Well, people sell things, obviously, but we also want to help bring people with common interests together. So, for instance, if you like trading beanie babies, you can find other people who do it too on eBay. And how's the community part working out so far? I'd say pretty well. I get notes from people saying that they met their best friends on the site. Some of them have even taken trips together. I have to say, that level of customer engagement is really remarkable, especially for such a young company. That's huge. By the end of the first morning at eBay headquarters, she thinks to herself, I'm glad I got on that plane. The feeling is mutual, because among the CEO candidates Omidyar has met, She's the only one who asks Pierre an important question. You're not going anywhere, are you? She's the only one who wants Omidyar to stay. And Omidyar likes her down-to-earth manner. He pays her the ultimate compliment. He dubs her Ebazian. Bringing Whitman on works. When she's hired in March 1998, the company has about 30 employees and is bringing in $4 million a year. Six months after her arrival, she takes eBay public. Its shares nearly triple in its first full day of trading, resulting in a market cap of almost $2 billion. By year's end, eBay's revenue is 10 times greater than the previous years. The site is growing by orders of magnitude year after year. Investor frenzy over eBay eBay share price more than doubled since IPO. A 17-fold rise for eBay. Why eBay is flying. Speaking with the Associated Press in early June, Whitman is upbeat. This has long ceased to be about the money. We are pioneering something that is entirely new. What's fascinating is the impact we've had on the community. But all the growth comes at a price. Brownouts and outages are becoming more frequent. And then, disaster strikes. 
June 10th, 1999, San Jose. eBay's site is acting glitchy again. Tech support staff is edgy, tired, and frustrated. It's happening again, and they can't figure out what's gone wrong. The site is up, and then it goes down for seconds, sometimes more. News crews smell blood. These glitches when the system goes dark are happening so often that a CNN camera crew has camped out at eBay in anticipation of another blackout of America's new e-commerce trading site. Reporters demand to speak with Whitman, but she retreats into the belly of the company to search with her engineers for the culprit. This problem is not new to her. On her first day on the job, the site went down for eight hours, but her refusal to speak to reporters only heightens the sense that the company is veering toward disaster. Every time there is an outage, millions of dollars are at stake, not to mention seething customers, some of whom rely on the site's auctions as their main source of income. Some critics are calling for Whitman's head. Whitman fears eBay will collapse. Finally, at 7.50 p.m., the system crashes. It's a full-fledged blackout. Whitman calls it the mother of all outages. An hour goes by, then two hours. Twelve hours later, as the next business day begins, eBay's site is still down, and the engineers have no idea what is wrong. They're not sure they'll ever be able to bring the site back online. If they can't, all of eBay's data, its millions of registrations, credit card numbers, feedback, auctions that were in progress when the machines went down, all of that will be lost forever. It would be the end of eBay. And incredibly, eBay doesn't have a backup system. Meanwhile, eBay's stock price is plummeting and frustrated users are turning on the company. Whitman goes into crisis management mode. She turns to her chief engineer. Call Sun Microsystems. Get them on the phone now. Sun Microsystems, this is tech support. Yeah, our, our site's down. We have users jumping down our throats. What's the story? It's, uh, it's probably that bug we warned you about months ago. We were worried something like this might happen. Yeah, I remember. Can you help us get the site back up? We're working on it. You should probably restore your backup in the meantime. You have a backup, right? Oh. My. God. You're not serious. Whitman is listening. She knows they're in trouble. The site's down for 22 hours. That's a thousand years in internet time. It's an epic technical failure that lays the company wide open to the full wrath of Wall Street. In the day it took eBay to restore the site, eBay shares fall almost 30%. Whitman had been a billionaire on paper following eBay's IPO. Now, she watches half her fortune vanish in a single day. The company as a whole loses $5 billion in market capitalization. The outage isn't just a technical failure. It's a deep breach of trust. Whitman and Omidyar pen a joint mea culpa outlining their efforts to set things right. We truly believe, as you do, that eBay is only as successful as you are. 
We promise to redouble our efforts to make sure that another outage like this one will never happen again. Referring to the fiasco as eBay's near-death experience, Whitman orders her 400 employees to phone users to apologize for the inconvenience. Customers are flabbergasted. What happened to my Tyco RC? Somebody had bid 40 bucks on that thing. We are so sorry. The site is back up. We will refund your fees, and we're extending all auctions another 48 hours. You know, I make my living on eBay. If you guys go down, I can't pay my bills. Maybe it's time for me to switch to another site. The apology campaign isn't just for the customer's benefit. It's for eBay employees, too. Until now, the company has seemed unstoppable. Well, it's time for a reality check, Whitman thinks. Whitman understands what's at stake here. The company has been so focused on growth and user experience that it's ignored its infrastructure. Without attention and investment, the site will fail again and again until one day it eventually shudders. Whitman is determined. She will not let that happen. She works 100-hour weeks for the next month, learning everything she can about the tech side of the business. And she sets to work hiring a new chief technology officer who can overhaul the site. It takes time, money, and manpower, but by the end of the year, most eBay users who bailed after the blackout have returned. Soon after, the company is measuring outages in mere seconds per month. When eBay's techies don't catch a glitch, its customers do, alerting staff within seconds if something goes awry. From then on, eBay touts a 99% uptime. But there's another problem brewing. Four years in, eBay still has no way to close transactions eBay sellers are mostly regular people doing a small volume of business. They don't want to go through the hassle of signing up with a bank so they can process credit cards. eBay is a community based on trust, but faith in human nature will only take it so far. The site is handling transactions from 42 million registered users and counting. It needs to find a better way. And across Silicon Valley, there just so happens to be a small startup called PayPal coming into its own. PayPal lets its users send money with a click of a button. But will PayPal be the solution for eBay or a problem? On the next episode of Business Wars, PayPal jockeys to corner the market on cashless digital transactions, which puts them on a collision course with the auction site. Hey, Prime members, you can binge every episode of Business Wars ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Business Wars. I'm your host, David Brown. Adam Pennenberg wrote this story. Karen Lowe is our senior producer. Jenny Lauer is our editor and producer. Sound designed by Bay Area Sound. Our executive producer is Marshall Louie, created by Hernan Lopez. For Wondering. Welcome to Pura, the most pristine, safe, climate-stable city on Earth. A haven amidst the wreckage. 
here, you're safe from heat domes, superstorms, water bandits in the outer land. There's no crime in Pura. No murder, no suicide. And best of all, there's no cost to join us. In Pura, we promised to keep you safe. They killed her! You took everything! In a world that doesn't feel so safe anymore, we're waiting for you. Here, in Pura. The Last City is a new scripted audio drama from Wondery. Enjoy The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City right now, ad-free, on Wondery+. Plus. Get started with your free trial at wondery.com slash plus.